You're listening to Nixa Talk, a show aimed at providing building blocks for best practice implementation to executives in the global asset management industry. More content for your on-the-go, easy listening can be found at nixa.org. The distribution landscape for investment funds is evolving quickly. What can asset managers do to keep up? I'm Allison Lovett, host of Nixa Talk, and I'm at the Nixa General Membership Meeting with Justine Phoenix, Nixa's Vice President of Distribution and Broker-Dealer Engagement, and Sandy Bolton, Managing Director and Head of Managed Investments at Bank of America Merrill Lynch. Justine has been working really closely with our Nixa members on identifying trends that are impacting our industry's product and distribution business models. Sandy is a featured speaker at Nixa's 2019 GMM on the topic of product creation and asset management. And we are excited to announce the recipient of the Nixa Strategic Leadership Award this year. Welcome to both of you. Thanks for allowing me the opportunity to bring the two of you together today. And at this point, I'm happy to turn the mic over to you, Justine. Uh, And I, along with our Nixa listeners, will have the great pleasure of listening in as two thought leaders exchange ideas on fund distribution and product trends in 2019. Thank you, Allie. And this is Justine Phoenix. And welcome, Sandy. Thank you very much for talking to us today. And again, congratulations on, on your leadership award. Um, I'm going to ask a really broad question, and, and it's just in terms of, of product trends. From your perspective, what are the leading trends that is capturing the attention of Merrill Lynch overall? And, and it's sort of a very broad question, but um, just some product trends that, that you've been focusing on. Sure. And thanks, Allie and Justine, for having me here today. And of course, for the Strategic Leadership Award, I'm truly honored to have received that. Um, when I think about the the trends that we're seeing right now within our firm, um, the first one that comes to mind is definitely our model portfolio solutions. And that's really with our focus on growth and as a, a really great way of helping advisors achieve scale um, and simplicity into their practices, um, we found that increasing our model portfolio choices beyond what we're looking at from the CIO portfolio solutions to utilizing the expertise of third-party investment managers that have really robust um, multi-asset class portfolio construction capabilities and, and leveraging that and bringing that to bear with our financial advisors makes a lot of sense. And so we've been partnering with third parties on that, um, and that's been our number one priority. Um, when I look at another trend, you know, there's been a lot of talk around active ETFs and, you know, just what that's going to look like in the future with non-transparent products coming to market and how we will look to integrate them into our businesses. Um, You know, we're looking at substantially similar strategies, how we intend to um, have both a mutual fund and an ETF on our platform at the same time, what kind of regulatory scrutiny that might invite and how we could encourage product development and innovation without encouraging re- regulatory scrutiny. So, so those are some of the things that we're looking at right now. So let me, let's, let's go a little bit more on the managed accounts because we've had, um, we had a keynote speaker today talking about the proliferation of managed accounts, about model portfolios. We have a breakout session this afternoon. I'd love to, let's expand a little bit more. Why are, why are they becoming more popular and how is this helping uh, Merrill Lynch FA? It's like, what, can you give us a little more detail on that? Yeah, sure. So, uh, you know, one of the the things that we're really focused on is, you know, advisors that are spending a lot of their time in FA discretionary 
um, investment advisory programs, creating their own portfolios of stocks and bonds, there's really no good way for them to scale and, and grow. So if we're looking at them, you know, doubling the number of clients they have over the next few years, how are they going to do that and achieve the same level of, of client service that they they always have? So um, through through our investment advisory program, we have we have um, custom managed portfolios where an advisor can, you know, sort of a hybrid solution between 100% model portfolios and 100% FA discretion. There's something in the middle. You don't have to go entirely one direction, but you can create a custom portfolio yourself that has perhaps one of our CIO portfolios, an investment manager model portfolio, an SMA, a mutual fund, an ETF. So you could sort of still build something and make it your own, but at the core of that is a model portfolio that helps you achieve that scale and is sort of the core and the base of your portfolio. So you're not spending your time trading stocks and bonds and they're traded for you through our RAA managed account advisors. Excellent. All right. So now that we talked a little bit about product solutions, but we know you still have a lot of products on the platform. You did do an exercise with product rationalization as many other firms did. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you now view products on the platform? What are sort of the criteria? What should um, asset managers think about in terms of when you're putting a product on Merrill's platform, what are, what are the criteria you're using now? Well, first, um, we're definitely still adding product to the platform. <laughs> um, everyone asks that question. But um, but second, I ask the, these three questions. Um, you know, when we're looking at our platform, it is not a supermarket anymore. You have to come to us and it has to fit one of these three criteria. It has to fill a gap. It has to fill a capacity need that we have or it has to be better than what we already have. And so if you could come and make a case to us that the product that you're bringing forth can do one of those things, then we're happy to take a look at it. And I think we've had some real great experiences lately where, you know, there, there are products that, you know, we, we take a look at and we say, you know what, they really are better than, than what we have on the platform. I mean, there is the situation too now where, you know, we have 100% analyst coverage that, that takes time, that, that's, that's a cost. And so there are situations now where we will be looking at, you know, a constant sort of rationalization that if we're bringing products on that are better, maybe we're always kind of taking off from the bottom of, of products that haven't quite kept up. Um, so what is it from a fund distribution perspective, sort of what's the most meaningful impact you've seen in distribution in the last couple of years is, is we see a great evolution in the distribution of products. Anything that sort of you'd reflect on as being sort of innovative in, in distribution? Um, innovative. Well, I wouldn't call DOL innovative, <laughs> but I would say that DOL, you know, the fiduciary rule and its subsequent um, child, the Reg BI rule, has had quite an impact on distribution. Um, I wouldn't call it innovative, but I, I, I would say it forced us to think differently about the way that we manage our business. And one of those things was definitely looking at every single product that we have on the platform, ensuring that we're doing appropriate due diligence on it, um, making sure that we're, we're watching everything. So it's not just kind of like a lineup of products across every fund family, um, but the best products and the highest quality products, um, both from an ongoing due diligence perspective, um, you know, in addition to initial due diligence that we do in order to add a product to the platform. So that's been one of the things that I think has really affected distribution. And, and when I work with the investment manager partners now, you know, it, it's tougher. It's definitely changing the way that we interact. It's definitely changing the way the product managers 
interact. And, you know, now you have to ensure that what you're, you're bringing to us can, can fill a need within our platform. And I'm sure that, you know, it's the same thing across every other intermediary and they're trying to fill the, the same gaps and, and capacity needs and proving the same proof points out with other intermediaries as well. So would you mind expanding a little bit on on what a, a partnership, what's a really good partnership for an asset manager and working with you? What do you see sort of as the top attributes of a good partnership? I think the best partnerships that we have right now are ones that are looking at their um, relationship with us as more consultative and their wholesalers as more consultants and saying, you know, what is it that your firm is focused on and how can we help be an extension of that? So that's definitely what we're seeing right now with, you know, what we're focused on with model portfolios and, and you know, focused on client acquisition. Um, the best partners are coming to us and saying, you know, here's how we're going to help you meet your goals. Here are resources that we're going to bring to you, both, you know, human capital and, 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 and otherwise to help you achieve your goals so that we can all grow. And so that's really the, the best partnerships right now are those that do that. So we talked a little bit about products, solutions. Um, how about the role of the FA? How is that role evolving? And how do you see that going forward in the future? Some things to think about. I think the FA of the future can't just be the investment person anymore. And many of them still really enjoy that part of, of what they do. But, you know, with the commoditization of investment advice, the financial advisor really needs to bring to bear all of the things around uh, their client's financial life. So whether that's banking or lending, mortgages, alternative investing, um, you know, estate planning, elder care, social security, everything about that individual's financial life, they need to be the, the main source for their client for all of those things. And I think that's where we feel like the FA is going to have to hand off some of those investment responsibilities and it in order to be able to pick up the broader responsibilities around managing their client's entire financial picture. And that's where it's going to be different. You know, it's not going to be about stocks and bonds and those conversations anymore. So really the FAs that really enjoy that relationship aspect are going to be the ones that are going to be most successful. Well, thank you very much, Sandy. I appreciate the conversation today. Thank you. Yeah. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you, Justine. Thank you, Sandy. Uh, we appreciate your time today. And we certainly appreciate you both sharing your perspectives with our Nixa Talk listeners. And I hope that you enjoy the rest of the Nixa general membership meeting. You've been listening to Nixa Talk. Nixa is a trade association and support of professionals within the global financial community. Come back often and feel free to add our podcast to your favorite RSS feed or follow us on Twitter at Nixa News. Access to the complete live programming, including CE credits, is available to Nixon members. For information on how your firm can become a Nixon member, please visit nixa.org and view our membership page. For over 50 years, Nixa has been connecting global asset management participants to discuss and develop industry best practices. Join the conversation today.